Mr. Tupac Amuru Shakur. He was an American rapper and actor who became to embody the 1990s gangster rap aesthetic, who in death became an icon symbolizing noble struggle. He sold over 75 million albums to date, making him one of the most top-selling artists of all time. A sensitive, precariously talented and troubled soul, Tupac was gunned down in Las Vegas on September 7th, 1996 and died six days later. His murder has never been found or solved. Tupac was born on June 16, 1971 in East Harlem section of Manhattan in New York City. His mother is Afini Shakur, who was an active member of the Black Panther Party in the late 60s and 70s, and his biological father, Billy Garland, who also was a Black Panther member. Tupac was born a month after his mum was acquitted on more than 150 charges, which were charges against the US government by the Panthers. His mother put his birth name as Lazin Parish Crooks to disguise his true identity because she feared that her enemies would attack her son. However, in 1972, after Afini had separated from Garland and had married Matulu, which was at the time Tupac's stepfather, she renamed Tupac Tupac Amuru Shakur after an Incan ruler who was sentenced to death by the Spaniards, meaning that the name Tupac Amuru to resemble Shining Serpent, which is exactly the description in the Inca language. My name is Tupac Shakur and I attend Tamapai High School and I'm 17 years old. What do you like about being 17? And it's like 17 is such a weird age, it's such a in the middle age, you're not 18 yet and you're older than 16, so. but I like it, it's nice, it's like a learning stage for me. Do you think you should be given more responsibility given your age is 17 but it seems that that you think you're capable of doing a lot more than than what society deems you can do. Well, 18 will bring lots of responsibilities that I don't want, but it'll bring respect that I feel like that's the only way I can get it. You know, I try to be as mature as I can be and demand it wherever I can get it. But 18 is like you're an adult. You, you like today when I had to sign the release form, I felt so bad because I couldn't sign it myself. I had to go and get my mother's and all that. But um, 18 is. It's just society's way of saying that you're ready. But 17, like, I think I'm ready now, as ready as I'm gonna be in this world, but, so, it's okay, I guess 17 is all right. And my mother brought me up is no lies, no, you know, total truth. Everything is real in society, you know, everything, if something's going on wrong in the house, I know everything, so, I was, it was like I was given the responsibility before I wanted it, and so now I can't really differentiate what great responsibility is because I've had it for so long. You know, so she, she taught me how to be ready for it. And so that's good, and I think it's good because I know that, it, and it's taught me that when you get out there, the responsibility is staggering. And I'm ready, I'm going to be a little more ready than someone who's grown up um, in Disney World, you know, with Santa Claus is coming. And so, you know, I'm, I think I'm growing up good is in all sense of the word i think i'm growing up and learning about responsibilities and everything now it's not really mother's day until i find myself reciting the lyrics to tupac's anthem d mama this has been the routine ever since i came i came across the song because it seemed the song that best described what it was like to love and appreciate our mothers and, and caregivers 
Now, after listening to this song a thousand times, I realize, and this may sound ob obviously obvious, the song is mostly from Tupac's perspective, even while it, it it's a family story. Uh, Tupac illustrates the experience the experiences of children whose mothers struggle to sustain households on their own due to their shortcomings and absent fathers. It's also the relatable story of a mother and son relationships, their ups and downs. He talks about her as both a crack fiend and a black queen of both blaming her and admiring her because for a woman, it ain't easy trying to raise a man. You talk so highly of your mother. Is she, is she a big influence on you? What would a Vietnam vet be like without a sergeant, without any backup, without any other soldiers, nobody but a Vietnam vet in Vietnam, when he came home, how would he be? And that's me. I had to go through all that street, war, everything, the same drugs that everybody else get turned out on. You know, where I would have been stopped shorted, I made it past. And here's where I am. But because I made it past, I missed some lessons. You know what I'm saying? And you can see the lessons that I missed when you talk to me. You can see where, where I haven't had a father when you talk to me. You know what I'm saying? You can see where I spent a lot of my time in the streets when you talk to me. Because the words that I say are not words that come from a mother's mouth or a father's mouth. It's words that come from a pimp's mouth or a prostitute or a hustler or a drug dealer. You know what I'm saying? But to me, these were my role models. How much of that you know um, growing, up, growing up without a father, sometimes being with your mother, do you, do you lament on and say, damn, I missed something big? Everything. I, um, I know for a fact that had I had a father, had I had someone, and I hate saying this because white people love hearing black people talk about this, but had I had a father, had I had some of these opportunities, I'd have been able to help my mother more. She wouldn't have went the road she went. I could have been a better son. You know what I'm saying? She wouldn't have went that road. It was the absence of my father. You know what I'm saying? I'm dealing with him being daddy not being there. My mother's dealing with him being my man not being there. You know, so many problems in our community that that um, affect everything. So by me not having that, I ain't never want to hear nothing about no kind of relationships between a black man and a black woman. I knew they didn't work. Because as far as I knew, my daddy was the coolest dude out there. And my mama was a panther. So if they didn't work, it don't work. That's how I felt. You know what I'm saying? And going out there, you know what I'm saying? It's like watching my mother just go through changes and everything. It's like my mother's my partner. She's a soldier. You know, she's a soldier like I'm a soldier. You know, and I, I watched the, the, the game that she went through. If I, I would have went the same way my mother went had not she did her route and showed me which, where it went wrong with her. My mother always told me, don't you ever, ever just um, volunteer yourself to our people because they'll use you. That's what they do. You know what I'm saying? She, never, she also told me to uh, follow my heart and for me to be the leader. Tupac was surrounded by struggle, incarceration, murder, and more illegal activities from an early age. His mother had ties to drugs. His stepfather was wanted by the FBI. His, his godfather was convicted of murder and more. When, when he was 12 years old, his mother enrolled him in Harlem's 127th Street Repertory Ensemble, where he started learning and practicing acting. And in 1986, the family moved to Baltimore, Maryland. At Baltimore, he completed two years at Paul Lawrence Dunbar High School and then transferred to the Baltimore School for the Arts, where he studied acting, jazz, poetry and ballet. Park used to rap up, uh, used to have rap competitions with schoolmates and friends and would always win. And even though he did not have the, the flashy, trendy clothes, he was very popular because of his personality, good sense of humor, 
rapping skills and his ability to mix in with a, with a variety of crowds. Struggle seems to also play a factor in your life. Could you, could you go deeper into that? Man, it's like, mm, that's deep. It's like when you're born, usually you're born to a dynasty or an empire, right? I feel as though I'm cheated because instead of me fulfilling my prophecy, I have to start one. Instead of me, you know, doing a good job and carrying on the empire, I have to build one. And that's, that's a hell of a job for a 21-year-old. You know what I'm saying? That's a hell of a job for any youngster, male or female, to have to build an empire for your family. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, especially when the odds is that, you know, you, have, you know that somebody else who lives in the inner city, the real inner city, suburbia, who, when he's born, I mean, 16, he gets a car, automatic. You know, there's money in the bank for college. You know, it's Christmas. It's like sad story, but it's real. Because this world is such a, um, and when I say this world, I mean it. I don't mean in an ideal sense. I mean in uh, every day, every little thing you do. It's such a, gimme, gimme, gimme. Everybody back off. You know, everybody's like, you taught that from school, everywhere. Big business. If you want to be successful, you want to be like Trump, gimme, gimme, gimme. Push, 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 push. Step, step, step. Crush, crush, crush. That's how it all is. I mean, if this is truly a melting pot in the country where we care about it and Lady Liberty got a hand like this, she really loves us, then we really need to be like that. And it needs to be the black kids. And if there's a, a white person who got money, then you need to help them. He need to help black kids, Mexican kids, Korean kids, whatever. But it need to be real. And it need to be before we all die and then you say, oh, I made a mistake. We should have gave them some money. We really should have helped these folks. It's going to be too late. You know what I'm saying? And then that's when you got to pay your own karma. And that's when God make you punish. When, you, when God punishes you. Because I feel like, you know, it's too much money here. I mean, nobody should be hitting lotto for 36 million and we got people starving in the streets. That is not idealistic. That's just real. That is just stupid. There's no way Michael Jackson should have, or whoever Jackson, should have a million thousand, drupal billion dollars and then there's people starving. There's no way. There's no way that these people should own planes and their people don't have houses, apartments, shacks, drawers. It's interesting on what you've uh, you've brought up here. I feel, I feel we've gone through so many messages throughout our time that have been expressed freely through media and newspapers, TV, screens, etc. And with yourself, you introduce that through your music. Now, why does it feel like we're just continuing in a circle and nothing seems to be fixed or the same issues just keep coming back up? Um, again, you have to be logical. You know, if, if I know that in this hotel room they have food every day and I'm knocking on the door every day to eat and they tell and they open the door, let me see the, the party, let me see like them throwing salami all over the... I mean, just like throwing food around where they're telling me there's no food in here. You know what I'm saying? Every day, I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in. You know what I'm saying? We are hungry, please let us in. We are hungry, please let us in. After about a week, that song is going to change the we hungry, we need some food. After two, three weeks, it's like, you know, give me all the food, we're breaking out the door. And after a year, you just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting. You know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry, you reached your level, you don't want any more. We asked 10 years ago. We was asking with the Panthers. We was asking with them, you know, the civil rights movement. We was asking, you know, now, that those people that were asking, they're all dead and in jail. So now what do you think we're going to do? And we shouldn't be angry. And my raps that I'm rapping to my community shouldn't be filled with rage. You know what I'm saying? They shouldn't be filled with the same atrocities that they gave to me. In the media, they don't talk about it. So in my raps, I have to talk about it. And it just seems foreign because there's no one else talking about it. 
all, all the society is doing is leeching off the ghetto. They use the ghetto for their pain, for their sorrow, for their culture, for their music, for their happiness, for their movies. You know, I want, when they see me, they know that every day when I'm breathing, it's, it's, it's for us to go farther. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Mm -hmm. As his fame as rapper started, Tupac's troubles with authority also began and increased. In late 1991, Pac had tried to file a $10 million civil lawsuit against Oakland Police Department, claiming that he was brutally beaten for jaywalking. More problems followed after that. In 1992, a Texas trooper was killed by a teenager who was listening to a Tupacalypse Now tape. This raised a lot of media controversy. The vice president of the nation at the time, Dan Quayle, demanded that an album, that that particular album be withdrawn from music stores and the media across the nation and denounced the album, saying it has no place in our society. However, Interscope refused. Interscope was the uh, was the label album that a label that Tupac was was uh, was with at the time, and Shakur stated that in his album it ain't at the problems facing young black males, even though it was criticised for its images of violence towards law enforcement and graphic language. A big case against Shakur was in November 1993 when Pac and a couple of his friends were charged with sexually abusing a woman in a hotel room. The woman accused many charges against Park and his friends, but Park denied those charges. He claimed that he had prior relations with the woman in his hotel room and she advised him in she she had revisited his hotel room when he when the acts she claimed took place. He also claimed that he had fallen asleep shortly after she arrived and he woke up to her accusations and threats. Charges were dropped at the time but Park was convicted of sexual abuse and was sentenced to one and a half years in the correctional facility. He later wrote in his songs, now he is not and can never be a rapist. Let's talk about, just let's talk about women for a second. Oh, women who I, I'm going to tell you something. I love women. I'm, I'm a big, jail has made me appreciate women. But I hate bitches even more because I love women now. Because they make it bad for real women. They make it so when I meet a real woman, she's scared of me. Because of this bitch that said I raped her. So I love women, but I hate bitches. And I try to deal with both of them in every album. I try to make a good song where I deal with the women. I try to make a song where I attack the bitches. But you do understand and it's a difference. separate. No, all women are not bitches. No, I don't believe that. They are women and they are bitches. And I don't believe every woman got a bitch in and none of that shit. I believe it's women and there's bitches. Okay, good. A woman that treats herself as a lady at all times, that's the one I'm attracted to. That's the one I want every time. But there's bitches out there. Even women know that. Women don't like bitches. <laughs> I feel like I employ more women, help more women, and work with more women than anybody in the fucking world. There are, there are, you do have a lot of women around you. I've noticed that. All women. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But I'm a man's man. I attack suckers, whoever they are. Whether the suckers got pussies or dicks, I attack them. Can, can you talk about your marriage a little bit? Because I know you got married and that was quick. I'm trying to... Um, I'm trying to... Um, give my ex-wife 
her life back in her privacy by not discussing it over and over again. Okay. But I will say that she was a wonderful person. She held me through my whole prison stay. She was there every day. Um, we got married. She was my friend. It was never a joke on marriage. It was just we had to do what we had to do with the situation we was given. And we made our decisions. If she was my friend, she's still my friend. I can call her right now. I call her all the time and she tell me everything that's popping in New York. She's from New York. Yeah. She still lives right in the heart of it. She lives in Harlem. You ever want to get remarried? Have kids? All of that? Mm-hmm. I don't finish riding. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. I, I read somewhere that you said that you don't have time to, to be married and to be I in this to business. I to be a good husband. And I, I'm one of the niggas that want to be a good husband. And I want to be a good father. So I don't got time right now. Do you think... Your work and your music is justified. You're given this thug lifestyle where you don't give a fuck about anything. But then your message and your lyrics falls deeper. We killing each other because we killing ourselves. We're not when a man when another man. I know I've been in a position. It don't. It's, not, it's out of our control. It's not like he wants to kill. He just doesn't want to die. You know what I'm saying? It's that it's that situation when you got we we are living in a war zone. It's not as easy as these people are making us think that they just got some criminal ass black kids with guns. It is not like that. We live in hell. We live in the gutter. We got us stacked up 80 deep in one building. You know, by the time you get out your house, you strapped to protect yourself because you living in the same community that the police is carrying rifles and riot gear. Same. They need them. Right. Excuse my language. I'm so sorry. The same reasons they need the riot hat, the riot jacket, the flak jacket, the double vest, the 9mm Glocks with extra bullets, the tear gas, the mace, all that. Who do you think the police is using that against? Dogs? So we fighting the same villains that they fight in the street. But instead of them seeing us fighting villains in the street, we all villains. You have a large resume on the works that you have done from a singer to a, to a rapper to a songwriter to a producer and even more. And, and you've tackled movies and i got to say you're killing it at the moment in the industry now speaking of all these professions what do you think you'd be most known for my big mouth <laughs> my big mouth i got a big mouth can't help it i talk from my heart i'm real you know what i'm saying whatever comes comes but my controversy probably and it's not my fault i'm trying to find my way in the world you know i'm trying to be somebody instead of just make money off everybody you know what I'm saying? And so I, I go down paths that haven't been traveled before, and I usually mess up. But I learn. You know what I'm saying? I come back stronger. You know, I'm not talking ignorant. You know what I'm saying? So I obviously put thought into what I do. Um, so I think my mouth, my controversy. I've, I have not been out of the papers since I've been, since I joined Digital Underground. I've been in, all, you know what I'm saying? It's never, my name has not been not uttered. You know what I'm saying? And that's good for me because I don't want to be forgotten. And if I'm forgotten, then that means I'm comfortable. And that means I think everything is okay. I've talked about influence on this show being really a really strong factor into a lot of decision making, you know, to yourself or, or those around you. And I'm curious with the platform you have, the role model title gets thrown around. It starts being used. Now, a lot of people that I've talked to, to have their idea on you, they, they usually have something that's completely different to what the media has portrayed you to be in their stories and publications now from your own idea do you like the thug persona that that they have labeled you um to me it's like um it is my sensitive side that um that likes to blow up the hard side because if my if i can if my image or my reputation can stop a confrontation before it happens, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. 
You know what I'm saying? I know how it is day to day. It's a constant um, man ego check going on in this street, in this world. So part of that is just like, you know, that's my that's my, my resume. But as far as the media, they look at it as something different. They don't care about my resume. They don't care about me not getting in trouble. It's just another story, you know, and it's, it's a real story. They don't have to pay for it, and they're going to milk it for all it's worth. As far as people, they want me when they first see me to humble myself. They want me to be like this and da, 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 just because they're scared of me. But I don't feel like that's my job, to humble myself to show you that I'm not a threat. I'm not a threat, unless you're a threat to me. You know what I'm saying? So when people say, when you meet Pop, he's different than he is, because when somebody one-on-one, anybody one-on-one, I believe, honestly, that I can talk. I believe that I have the ability to reason, I have logic, I have compassion, I have understanding. If we talk, there's no problems. You know what I'm saying? But that's not what happens. People use what they heard in the media, and that's how they come at me. And then, you know, we got a clash. You don't need to tell me about fitting an image to sell. I mean, I come from a marketing background, and I know the fundamentals that I needed to sell a product or service. You know, human behavior is drawn to personas as that's what they aspire to be. And now, let me put it this way. Is this whole thug persona hype? Is it all a hype? Is it all a show to make album sales and sell shows? Is is them, and, and by them I mean the general public, labeling, labeling you a sellout, is it, is it true? First of all, nobody could call me a sellout. I'm not, I'm not going for that. I'm not even in that. I'm not, I'm not looking for approval from the black community because we don't give approval. You know, we don't really do nothing but exist. So it's not like I'm, black people could tell me, you a sellout or you true blue. You know what I'm saying? It's not that. I'm not even caught up in that. But um, I can see that you know what I'm saying? The one thing we do have in common as black people is we share that poverty. So the thug side is more closer to the poverty than me being rich. You know, how can I come to any community center, you know what I'm saying, sporting a, a Rolex, presidential, all these diamonds, and be like, look, we, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> gotta, gotta. <laughs> but now, when I say we, they know what I mean. I'm not saying, like, I live in this neighborhood, and but I'm a thug, and they thugs. They can relate to I don't even have to say that, you know what I'm saying? When I come, I don't have to say I'm real. They already know that, you know what I'm saying, from, from me, from me being me, from not pushing the thugness, but I know from the business that everybody in this business is always whispering in your ear about what you can't say, what you can't do, what you can't wear in this world and in this world. It's two worlds, a white world and a black world. All I did was stand in the middle, you know what I'm saying, and, and say I'm, I'm living in these, I'm living in both worlds. I, I can go to the streets and survive and I can go out here and do my business out here. You know, jail seems to change a man. Personally, I've never been to jail, but I have a lot of relatives that have been in, the, in there and got out and changed their whole life. Your prospects of going to jail is a different story, though. Could you could you fall into that for the audience? This is all I want to say. For all the people that doubt me, I had no record all my life, okay? No record, no police record, until I made a record. As my video was debuting on MTV, I was behind bars getting beat up by the police department. I got a $10 million lawsuit. They, they said they would settle with me and everything. You know what I'm saying? But nobody cared about that. That one blew up all in the news. In they Oakland. didn't see me. They did not see me on TV with my eye busted, my head busted. There's pictures of those. In you Oakland, don't, Yes, about. in Oakland. You don't see them pictures. You see pictures of Tupac coming out of jail and cuffs. You don't see pictures of the police standing over me beating my brains in. You don't see that. But I see that. That's what I see. You know what I'm saying? So it's all real. And, and I, I feel like, just like a woman that's raped, any woman that's raped would never, ever allow herself to be raped again. Am I correct? Any woman that's violated would never allow herself to be violated again. Same thing. You know, there's going to be some people in the public that are going to listen to this and say, they're going to say, how can he say that? 
We got people in my own community that will get me. Why? Because I got it. Now, this girl, who I can't say her name, but if I was to say her name, a thousand all over the world would go, I put this on everything I love, on everything I love. When I was in Atlanta, I was pulled over the gas station. Some dudes from New York pulled over next to me and told me the girl's name. I said, they said, I know the girl that did it. They told me her name and where she's from. Say she's scandalous. I can't go on TV talking about this girl, because that's what they want me to do. They want me to get on TV and talk about my black sister as a hoe, and she's a B-I-T-C-H, and she ain't she's a money grubber. I ain't fist to say that. I don't have to do that to show that I'm innocent. You know what I'm saying? I'm not guilty. People should look me in my eyes. They should look me in my eyes. And anybody that thinks I committed that rape should go get Brenda's Got a Baby and keep your head up and listen to him thoroughly. I have no um, patience for anybody that doubts me. None. At all. It's too hard out here. You know what I'm saying? If my people don't stand up for me, who is? I understand these white folks looking at me like that because they don't know me. They didn't hear keep your head up. That ain't no fluke. You know, keep your head up ain't no goddamn uh, come up. I didn't do that for my to be smiling in my face to say, oh, he's cool. I did that from my heart. So that if they do try to put a rape charge on me, my sisters could say he ain't about that. Now, if my sisters can't say that, you won't hear another keep your head up out my mouth. You understand me? Because it's a struggle on young black males today. Your music is really inspiring to a lot of people. Um, in fact, there, are, there have been the sayings that you are a modern day Shakespeare. There's exactly a lot of negativity and harshness within your music. And I just got to ask on why limit the positivity in the projects that you bring out? The press and the media make you think that a black man arming himself is illegal or criminal or that he wants to arm himself to rob a liquor store or something. You know what I'm saying? That is for me to defend myself, and it should always be. It's just about surviving, you know, and we have to be honest about the tools that we use to survive. And why is a black life um, any, any more recuperable than a white life? You know what I'm saying? We know that they don't put the same security in the ghetto that they do in the, whites, in the, in, in the white neighborhoods. So therefore, for me to be out here saying don't, you know, put your guns down and no violence. That's hypocritical. And if I didn't talk about the violence, everybody would act like the violence wasn't there. We, as rappers, bought that violence. We, we bought the, the violence that we've seen on the street. We put in our records. Put in our records for years. And after three, four years, people first, finally starting to see it because of all the statistics that's going on in the streets. If we stopped talking about it, then they wouldn't take statistics. And when they stopped taking statistics, then we'd be killing each other in the street and these white people wouldn't care no more. Only, people they, only reason they care is because, you know, there's been some strays and we done slipped over in the white neighborhood. And there's kids in Iowa that want to be like us. You know what I'm saying? There's kids in, in Indiana that's trying to be like us because they can relate too. You know what I'm saying? Why? In, in two years, I've had a gun pulled on me by my limo driver, by police, by everybody. You know what I'm saying? And I better be. I better be. You know what I'm saying? I've been attacked. You ain't read the papers about these skinheads trying to blow up black churches. Why? They see me as the enemy just like y'all do. You know what I'm saying? They can come to my house and sit outside my house just like anybody else can. A skinhead. And once my life is gone, it's gone. Can't nobody give it back to me. Not the judge, not the president, not the governor, not Calvin Butts, not Jesse Jackson. They can't do nothing but come to my funeral and talk pretty about how black people suffer. You understand? And as far as Jesse Jackson, my first acting job was at the Apollo Theater when Jesse Jackson was running for president in 1984. It hurts me for him to say anything negative about any rapper because we supported him. He should support us. You know what I'm saying? As far as his image, you know what I'm saying? What was he? What was he doing? You know, he should be the last person talking about gun violence when he sat right there while Martin Luther King caught one in the neck. 
You know what I'm saying? Things ain't really changed that much. I swear to God, nothing I ever say is meant to be um, something where innocent people get hurt. Nothing I ever say is meant to be like a end all, let's go do it right now. Nothing. Everything I ever say, and if, if, if any, this is so we can set it clear, anything I ever say as it pertains to, um, to, to my peers and, and, and um, being strapped is only in self-defense. You know what I'm saying? Because my, right now where I'm at, the world is harsh. And I just don't got no beautiful stories. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to just be getting them ready. Because that's why I think I messed up. If somebody would have grabbed me, pulled me to the side, and been like, look, Tupac, as soon as you step out here, they're going to be at you. If somebody would have explained it to me, I wouldn't have took the same mistakes. But I made those mistakes. And that was my job to stop somebody else from making those same mistakes. To lay it out. To lay out the real map on the world and how it is. Now, as if the legal problems were not enough, Tupac was robbed and shot on the night of November 30th, 1994. The night before the verdict in his sexual abuse trial was to be announced, Tupac was shot just five times and robbed after entering the lobby of Kuwait. Recording studios in Manhattan, he was shot by two armed men in army material. Doctors at the Bellevue Hospital, where he was taken immediately after the incident, stated that he had received five bullet wounds, two in the head, two in the groin, and one through the arm and thigh. Tupac checked out of the hospital three hours after the surgery against doctor's orders and he entered into the courthouse in a wheelchair the day after where he was found guilty for sexual abuse and sentenced to a year and a half to four years in prison on February 6, 1995. Tupac would later accuse Sean Combs, Biggie Smalls, Andre Harrell for the shooting. He also suspected his close friend's associates, Randy Stretch Walker. This accusation heated pretty much the West Coast, East Coast rivalry that pretty much is going around till this day. Tupac's heated rivalry with Biggie Smalls and all the East Coast rappers is, is illustrated in his vocals. Believe in God? Certainly. Believe in Death Row East. <laughs> believe in that, for real. That's it right there. Believe in God, believe in Death Row East. We plan to take the same strategy we use with Death Row West, which is mind over matter, taking all our weaknesses and making it into our strengths. We, keep, we know that we got strength in numbers. We already run the streets out here. So now we just gonna help some of these brothers get their money on because we know they got talent. We got the ways to make them use their talent to the maximum effect. And that's what this is about. Everybody rap, we don't rap. We rap to make money, we do business. Ain't no other record company out there that sold as many records as we did. We outsold Bad Boy, LaFace, every black record out there we outsold them in one year and I'm a convict and my homeboy just got off a murder case so that tell you that it's pure talent no hype we don't got no all-american smiles they don't even want to buy our record but they gotta buy our record because we represent the street so death row east is gonna be a personification of what we did on the west side we're gonna do it to the east side and we're gonna prove once and for all that all these people talking about the east coast west coast war they like the Judas was to Jesus they only here to cause confusion we here to bring money and to bring change they here to cause confusion all these weak rappers Nas all these suckers they battling off the of east and west like this is a game this ain't no game if this was chess we'd be yelling checkmate three years ago because we've been beat these it's not a game. We out here trying to help our people make money. We trying to get out of this three-strike circle they got us in and start getting our papers on. So that's what we doing. By strength and numbers, we coming to the East Coast to prove there is no fear, there is no problem, there ain't nothing but opportunity. And the opportunity is overthrow the government y'all got right now, which is Bad Boy and Nas and all that bullshit, and we will bring a new government here that will feed every person in New York. 
Now, before the rivalry, Tupac and Biggie can be heard hanging out and enjoying each other's company. Now, be aware, hearing discretion is advised. You ready, nigga? Yeah. Ready for that raw dog shit, nigga? I'm gonna bro, Okay, all right. Let me see how I'm gonna hit you with. You wanna set it off? Hey, I'm scared to do some freestyle. I'm scared to do some freestyle. Blow. I'm too high and I might go off tempo. But now I'm back to let these niggas know just how deep my game run to apocalypse. Don't sleep. I keep a motherfucking Glock in my car. If I'm holding in the club, I gotta be the fucking star. So everybody wanna smile and raise their hands. I got a razor. Case I gotta do a next, man. Cause you know how niggas be. They wanna see if Pac is real or is he like that nigga in the movie. I guess I gotta prove my Slicing motherfuckers, now I'm doing a joint. I got my nigga B I to the G beside me. Yeah. Bitches on my dick, you know the hoes wanna rob me. And my other homies out here like Spike Lee. They got the camera on the nigga, guess they like me. But now I'm about to pass this motherfucker on, cause this Tangeray is getting hella strong. Uh, money holes and clothes, blood smoke coming out the nose is all a nigga knows. Flipping on foes, putting tags on toes, watching the stash grow, clocking the cash flow. The neighborhood grave digger getting paid so much, all the bitches wanna see a nigga. I guess they figure I'm paid, I wanna get laid, or since I got loot, I wanna knock boots. Huh, I'd rather beat my dick than trick. And if she don't suck, then we don't fuck. Huh, I'd rather make a buck, drive a fat ass truck. Grab the nine, two clips, and run them up. Yes, flex after two or three bexes, I wreck shit. What the fuck you expected? A fly guy? Well, fuck it, I'm a high guy. From bed, stop putting the swelling on your eye. Your nose even? When I choke you, you stop breathing. When police come, I'm leaving. Peace and love. We go. The great rapper's life was unfortunately limited. On the night of September 7th, 1996, Mr. Shakur attended the Mike Tyson and Bruce Selden boxing match at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. At the time, Park was engaged to Kidada Jones. After the fight, Park and his entourage, along with Suge and his assistants, assaulted Orlando Baby Lane Anderson, a member of the Southside Crips, because earlier that year, Anderson and fellow Crips had robbed a member of the death row entourage. Now, after the brawl, Mr. Shakur got in Suge's black 1996 BMW and they were on their way to the death row owned club 662. And on the way, while at a red light, a white four-door Cadillac rolled to the right side, opened the window and fired gunshots. Mr. Shakur was fatally wounded and Suge was injured. They were rushed to the University Medical Center Shakur went through many surgeries, life support and more. Unfortunately, on the afternoon of September 13, 1996, Shakur died of internal bleeding. And his mother, Afini Shakur, made the decision to tell the doctors to stop the attempts to revive him. He was pronounced dead at 4.03 p.m. And the official cause was respiratory failure and cardiac arrest, along with multiple gunshot wounds. Shagor's body was cremated and some of the ashes were later mixed in with marijuana and smoked by the members of the outlaws. The murder case is, is, is a cold case. Due to lack of progress on the case of law enforcement, many independent investigations and theories have emerged about the murder. However, the main suspects are not found and the case has not been solved. Tupac Shakur was not only a rapper, he was an actor. 
He played in several movies before his death and was going to re release more if he had not died. And he also was a social activist. Through his music and image, he cried out to a higher authority to look out for people in the slums and the ghettos. In his songs, he explains the troubles of the people in the urban areas. He reflects on how they need help and also gets mad at how the government does not care. He's a very big influence to people worldwide for who represent and who he represents as a young black male who came out of the slums, became famous and wanted to make a change. He was also a strong poet. His works are very, very inspirational and influential and in many interviews, Tupac had claimed that he will soon try to start a political party for the people who are not represented by the government, including African-Americans, Mexicans, Armenians and many more. He was a very complex artist. He had the thug life persona of not a gangster, but a thug, a black male from the streets who held his own. Yet, he had a soft side and expressed it in his music. For, for example, he addresses to black women in the ghettos to be strong. He motivates them to keep their head up and also expresses his soft side through his songs such as Dear Mama and more. He read works of Machiavelli, Maya Angelou and more. And he has said, I'm not saying I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee you that it will spark the brain that will change the world. Park's legacy lives on till this day and he's known worldwide. Rappers today also make references to him in their songs about .com named him the most influential rapper. The Guinness Book of World Records recognized him as the highest selling rapper of all time. He is inducted in the Hip Hop Hall of Fame in 2002, as well as that he is also inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He is known as the King of Rap by many. His mother has founded the Tupac Amor Shakur Foundation and the foundation has opened the Tupac Amor Shakur Center for the Arts. He's been in several movies, many documentaries and movies have been released about him after his death. And today, we remember him as the greatest rapper Shit, to have ever lived. At, tired of getting chased by the police and arrested. Niggas need a spot where we can kick it. A spot where we belong that's just for us. Niggas ain't got to get all dressed up and be Hollywood. You know what I mean? Where do niggas go when we die? Ain't no heaven for a thug, nigga. That's why we go to Thug Mansion. That's the only place where thugs get in free and you got to be a G. At Thug Mansion. Mama don't cry, your baby boy's doing good Tell the homies I'm in heaven and they ain't got hoods Seen a show with Marvin Gaye last night It had me shook, dripping peppermint schnock With Jackie Wilson and Sam Cooke Then some lady named Billie Holiday sang Sitting there kicking it with Malcolm to the day came Little Natasha show grown Tell the lady in the liquor store that she's forgiven So come home, maybe in time you'll understand Only God can save us when Miles Davis cutting loose with the band Just think all the people that you knew in the past that passed Stone, they in heaven found peace that last Picture a place that they exist Together, there has to be a place Better than this, in heaven So right before I sleep, dear God What I'm asking, remember this face Save me a place in Thug's Mansion 